بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Welcome to another edition of the program Al-Fiqh Al Madhahib Al Arba'a that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought I'm your host Muhammad Musa Bera and with us in the Johannesburg studios is Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah for the past few weeks we've been discussing nikah and today we'll also be on the subject of nikah but we will be talking about compatibility and suitability and the Arabic word for that is kuf So we start off with the first question and the first question reads how important is it for a girl to obtain the consent of her wali Mufti sir Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-karim amma ba'd all praise is due to almighty Allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of this universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is of paramount importance when one studies the various verdicts of the jurists of islam for example imam malik imam shafi'i imam ahmad bin hanbal rahimahullah these are the vast majority of scholars and jurists in the islamic world they say that a nikah would be null and void if the wali wali means the father of the lady or the grandfather the paternal grandfather or the brother of the lady did not give consent for her to marry then that nikah would be null and void and the proof they give is mentioned in abu dawood and in tirmidhi ibn majah when nabi alayhi salatu wassalam said la nikaha illa bi waliyin there is no nikah meaning or nabi alayhi salatu wassalam is negating the concept of nikah in its totality so there is no nikah at all is null and void illa bi waliyin except with the consent of the wali so therefore it is of paramount importance and the reason for this is to safeguard the honor the rank and the status of the female herself that she does not tarnish the image of her family or she does not tarnish her own reputation therefore islam has brought about these restrictions in another the hadith of sayyida aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala ana is mentioned ayyuma mar'atin nakahat nafsaha bi ghayri idni waliya fa nikahuha batilun fa nikahuha batilun fa nikahuha batilun thrice the word nikah batil is mentioned if a lady gets married on her own without the permission of the wali the guardian meaning the father or grandfather as explained then the nikah would be null and void so that is the verdict of the vast majority imam shafi'i imam malik imam ahmad bin hanbal rahimahullah however according to imam abu hanifa rahimahullah there is much more greater details on this issue in principle imam abu hanifa rahimahullah states that if a lady who is a aqila baligha she is mature she is sane and she gets married to a certain person without any coercion meaning that she was not put in the under pressure or whatever else and she gets married and the, she gets married to someone who is in a kuf 
Kufya would mean, we will discuss it just now in detail, that someone who's suitable and compatible for her, then that nikah would be valid according to Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. So it is not that Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah just gives blanket permission. There is a big proviso and condition. So Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah states that when a lady is sane and mature and no coercion took place, then that lady got married without the permission of the wali, the father or the paternal grandfather or brother for example, then that nikah would be valid with the proviso and provision that she married someone who is compatible and suitable to her. Imam Abu Hanifa Rahimahullah's proof is in the Quran, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla says that فَلَا تَعْدُلُوهُنَّ أَيَّنْ كِحْنَ أَزْوَاجَهُنَّ that you the awliya, you the guardians, you should not prevent them that they get married. So to their husbands, to their spouses. So the actual way and methodology of understanding this proof is ayyan kihna, that this verb here, that they get married to their spouses. So Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla has attributed the act of nikah or the solemnizing or the proposal and whatever else to the ladies themselves. So it shows that they can get married themselves. So that is the verdict of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. However, that is one side of the coin. The other side of it is, according to Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, and this is the riwayat of Hassan, meaning that Imam Hassan bin Ziyad, when you study Hanafi fiqh, then people know these issues, that you have different students. So that is the fatwa of the Hanafis, the one I am going to mention now. That if a lady, lady who is aqila baligha, she's saying she's mature, and she got married without the permission and consent of the wali, but it was someone who is not suitable, compatible to her, then the fatwa of the Hanafis is that nikah is null and void. And if though you want to see it for those who know Arabic, you can see it in Allama Shami's kitab, you can see it in Fatawa Hindiya, known as Fatawa Alamgiri. For those who want to see it in the Urdu books, Mufti Shafi Sabrahimamullah, who was the Grand Mufti of Pakistan, and he was one of the greatest jurists of the Indo-Pak subcontinent, has mentioned mentioned it in Jawahirul Fiqah, his famous work. He has mentioned it in his Fatwa Kitab, Imdadul Muftiyin. And he said there's unanimity among the Hanafi scholars that if a lady who is sane and mature gets married to a person without the consent of the wali and fi kuf, meaning not to someone who's suitable, compatible, and the other details will follow as I mentioned, then that nikah would be considered as null and void even according to the Hanafi school. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. Mufti Sahib, carrying on with the next question. Can you explain the term kuf? What is the literal meaning of kuf? To understand the literal meaning of kuf is very easy. Every Muslim in any part of the world basically wouldn't know this chapter and the surah where Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla speaks about tawheed and his oneness and uniqueness. Qul Allah wahad. Say he, Almighty Allah is one. Allah is samad. Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla is totally independent. Everything in the universe is dependent on Allah and Allah is totally independent, does not need anybody, anything of this creation in the entire Universe. Lam Yalid Walam Yulad is not the father, is not the child of anyone, meaning no partners, no ascendants, no descendants. Walam Yakullahu Kufu Wan Ahad. There the word came. 
and kuf. There is none equal to Allah in any aspect, in any respect. So kuf, kufu, and kafa'a, all these have the same meaning. It means that to be equal. Musawat, what we call in Arabic. So Islam looks at the greater message. We are placing two people now who are virtual strangers in an ideal Islamic situation. The husband does not really know the wife. The wife does not really know the husband. So we need to get them in today's uh, language, we say, on the same wavelength or their outlook on life should be the same. After all, this is a partnership that's going to carry on for years and decades and in Inshallah will continue till death and then in the year after it will continue as well. So they need to have the same outlook. They need to be on the same wavelength. Therefore Islam has brought about this, about concept of kuf. So kuf literally would mean uh, that someone who's equal to you. And obviously it is none equal to Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla. Getting on with the same subject, you've just explained the literal meaning of kuf. What is the wisdom of kuf? The wisdom of kuf is, as I mentioned, that you know Islam tells us for the girl side that she should take the consent of a wali. We discussed that just now. So the wali, the father, grandfather, brother and so forth are there to ensure that she makes the one and the right decision. We do not get married every day. So especially for the female, she makes the right choice one time and that is now with her husband. So therefore we have the wali. Now the kuf is more from the boy's side. So this boy who wants to propose for our daughter, sister, niece, so he must be at that same level of that female and they should have the same outlook. So it is bringing about two people, maybe from different environments, different cultures. Not that Islam does not allow marrying across the cultural line, it allows. But we're looking at a long-term partnership. So therefore, to eliminate difficulty, Islam has brought about an introduce this law of kuf. Jazakallah, Muftisab. Muftisab, you've mentioned that kuf is mentioned in the Quran. Where is kuf mentioned in the hadith? In the Quran, it is mentioned regarding the attributes we spoke of, وَلَمْ kufuan ahad. In the hadith, a famous hadith, in Tirmidhi Sharif, it is mentioned, Nabi salam addressing Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, and he said, Ya Ali, la tuakhir fi thalath. Oh, you Ali, the message is to Sayyidina Ali, but obviously it refers to the entire Ummah. Do not procrastinate, do not delay regarding three things. Which are the three things? Nabi salam himself mentioned, As-salatu idha atat. When the time of Salat enters, then read your Salat and perform your Salat. Delaying, delaying Salat, like now is Asr time just now. People delay it and read it just 10-15 minutes before sunset is a sign of hypocrisy. So that is what Nabi salam means, that read your Salat quick as possible. Well, janaza to idha hadarat. Second one, when the beer, meaning the person passed away, the gusal, the kafan, and the shrouding, the bathing and shrouding, all that has taken place. Now why should we delay? Go and perform the salatul janaza, bury that person there, because that person there is going to a better place if he has iman, and Allah forbid if he doesn't have iman, or is a person destined to go somewhere else, then get him off your shoulders. That is the words Nabi Salam used. So do not delay in the Salatul Janaza and the burial process. And the third one that has to do with us, the word Kuf mentioned in the Hadith. Nabi alayhi salatu told Sayyidina Ali, Wal-ayyim. 
Ayyim means a lady who does not have a husband. So whether she is a virgin or whether she was she is married or she was married and now she lost her husband or she is a divorcee or widow or whatever else, so that all it covers all of them. Well, Ayyim, Ida wajatta laha kufuwa. That when you, Sayyidina Ali, so meaning you the Ummah, you the, the guardian, when you find for her someone suitable and compatible, then get your daughter, your niece, your sister married, because it is not good in an Islamic society to delay marriage and keep on delaying it like many people do nowadays. We know the harm it causes to them and to the society as well. This hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif in the chapter of Janais, the chapter of the funeral prayer. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib, if you just joined us, the program is called Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'a, that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. And today we're discussing compatibility and suitability, and the Arabic term is kuf. Getting on with the next question, what constitutes kuf according to the four schools of thought, the four jurists? That's a very interesting question that we need to know the details according to the four schools that what is implied and meant by kuf. Now we said that, okay, we want to get our daughter married or our sister or niece and now various types of proposals have come and we said we need to take kuf also into the uh, equation who is suitable for taking my daughter's hand or sister's hand or whatever else. So the scholars in Islam have differed and each one of them has their own criteria. Imam Malik rahimahullah says a deen that that person must be a Muslim and should be a Muslim and a pious Muslim at that as far as possible and with taqwa. So that's the second condition. When they asked Imam Malik rahimahullah what is his proof for this, he said obviously the person must be a Muslim because to for our daughter's sister needs to get married to a non-Muslim is not permissible, it's haram. لا so deen is compulsory that the person must be a Muslim. And then he should have taqwa. Because Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, Inna akramakum Almighty Allah created us all and lita'arafu so that we recognize one another. Some are Arab, some are Indian, some are Chinese, some are Somali, whatever it might be. All that has no bearing. The bearing and criteria by Allah, Inna akramakum The one who has the most taqwa is the most noble and honorable in the sight of all. So Imam Malik rahimahullah has these two conditions that when we have our daughters, sisters, nieces, someone proposes that person has Islam and that person is considered to be pious, real piety obviously Allah knows, but after investigation people's references are yes, he is a pious person, he is in a masjid and he's reading his salat, his business dealings and so forth and so on. So there are ways and means to find out. So they tell us and give us a good reference. So you make Bismillah. And that is what Nabi alayhi salam said also hadith in Tirmidhi إِذَا خَطَبَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِمَّنْ تَرْدَوْنَ دِينَهُ وَخُلُقَهُ When someone proposes for your daughter, sister, niece, it means and you are pleased with his deen, the Islam and piety and his character. For so with you, so then get your daughter married to him. فَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلْ If you do not do so, تَكُنْ فِتْنَةٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَفَسَادٌ أَرِيذٌ Then there would be great turmoil and chaos on this earth. So that 
that is the verdict and viewpoint of Imam Malik rahimahullah. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah says, we look at deen and Imam Malik fatwa, if anybody wants to check it up, is mentioned in Al-Mudawwanatul Kubra, the famous work of Imam Malik. And Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah's verdict is mentioned in Al-Mughni by Ibn Qudama. The first one is, rahimahullah, for all the great scholars of Islam, he says, deen and al-mansib. So deen is Islam, and obviously you should try and look for a pious person. And mansib means the rank and status. That your daughter has her own rank in society, and this person here should be at least on the same rank with her. So it means that according to the urf, according to the customs of that place there, that there is not a huge difference in their standards of living or rank and status. So all that must be taken into consideration. And the rationale and wisdom is this. Islam is not bringing about apartheid or something as some people want us to believe. We reject that obviously. We look at the long-term partnership that we cannot bring about a complete change in this lady or in that person there because that would be a recipe for disaster. So therefore, to minimize the risk, we say at least the rank should be the same. So that is the verdict of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimahullah, the, the deen and the mansib. In another verdict of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, he says that there should be a free person, not a slave, and the profession of that person, the occupation of that person should also be taken into consideration, and the wealth and the affluence should also be taken into consideration, because maybe this lady, yeah, she comes from a wealthy, you know, home, and she's used to certain things. If she gets married to a very poor person, obviously that would lead to a lot of problems. And this happened in time of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, Amir Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu proposed for Fatima bin Tiqais, and she said, Ya Rasulullah, I've received this proposal. Nabi alayhi salam said He's very very poor at that time So therefore Nabi alayhi himself intervened and said That you should not marry Muawiyah Rather marry someone else So it shows that that also could be a valid ground When it is going to cause problems Nevertheless the main ones according to Ahmad bin Hanbal Are deen, the, the Islam and the rank and status Imam Abu Hanifa and the Hanafi scholars Rahimahullah They say Islam Islam, obviously that would be given preference. So all the scholars agree on Islam. And then the nasab. Nasab means the lineage of that person there. We want the family background. We want to know that who's his father and so forth, the mother. And that would be the lineage of that family there. So that also plays an important role. Then the freedom. Obviously that person must be a free person, not a slave. Then the taqwa, the piety of that person, his character, his business dealings, all that also. That is not that he takes our daughter and tarnishes her reputation, our reputation. And the wealth of that person. So it must be a person who can look after his wife as far as the mahar goes, he can pay it regarding the daily maintenance and regarding the expenditure of running a home. He has the means to do so and the occupation. So these are five, six factors that the Hanafis take into consideration that they say that all this needs to be looked at and that will constitute the kuf.
Imam Shafi rahimahullah is very similar that he says, and the Hanafi is one, it's very famous in all the Hanafi books is mentioned, that Allah Mashami and so forth, they've all mentioned it. And uh, the deen, according to Imam Shafi rahimahullah, the Islam and then the lineage, just like the Hanafis, the Nafri, he must be a free person, the occupation. One thing which Imam Shafi mentions, which no one else has mentioned and that needs a bit of elaboration. He says that the husband must be salim min al-uyub, meaning he must be not have such sicknesses and diseases that obviously a normal, ordinary lady, a wife, would not want to spend the remainder of her life with such a person. For example, he's made, made and insane. You know, people sometimes, they get the sicknesses and they just go into a certain frenzy. So that must be told to that family. You can conceal these things. Second one is maybe that person is suffering from leprosy or his skin is such that now it's concealed, but with a clothes but he has that skin disease now when the lady would see that automatically she would just be turned off or for example that person has a totally impotent but he wants to marry this lady here you know in this day and age we have STM uh, sexually transmitted STD sexually transmitted diseases and so many other problems now according to Imam Shafi if a person has all these problems then he is not a kuf of that lady there and and obviously, if he concealed all this and got married to that lady, she has all the right to go to the Qazi or to the ulama and ask for an annulment of that marriage because these are ways of deception on behalf of that husband there. So Imam Shafi rahimahullah is very strict on this issue. Jazakallah Mutisa for that wonderful explanation. The discussion we're having today surrounds compatibility and suitability and the Arabic term for that is kuf. Today's people, many of them speak different languages, Muftisab. Is this part of Kuf? Yes, that's another interesting question. You know, people speak Gujarati and people speak Maman and Urdu and people speak English, Afrikaans. Can we use this as an excuse and say, no, I can't give my daughter to you because she speaks the language ABC and you speak language XYZ? No, that would not be considered as part of Kuf. In Islam, we allow people to marry whether they speak different languages or whatever. The main thing we should need to look at is the piety of the person, the character of the person and obviously if he has wealth and the profession so that would also be, should be taken into consideration not because we just want someone wealthy for our wife for our daughter rather but because we want someone who can take care of her and we know that it is of makes life much more easier so the criteria should not be wealth all the time but they can lead a comfortable and com- easy life so that is, these are the these are the guidelines Guidelines that a person should take into consideration. Language is something secondary. What about different schools of thought, different schools of jurisprudence? What happens in this case? Yes, this also nowadays has raised its head. Sometimes people make hulu, this you call hulu, they go to real extreme. The Hanafi says, I would not get my daughter married to a Shafi'i. The Shafi says, I would not get my daughter married to the Maliki. The Maliki says, I would not get my daughter married to a Hanbali or Hanafi. I mean, these are now going right to 
extremes. Islam does not teach us all this. So, but people sometimes they go, you know, with the extreme. So that also does not uh, constitute part of the kuf. Whether the Hanafi marries the Shafi, the Shafi marries the Maliki, Maliki marries the Hanbali, all that is totally permissible. As I mentioned time and time again, the various madhahib and schools of thought, we require it. It is there for centuries, but it is not there to cause fragmentation in this ummah. It is there to make life easier, especially when the need arises. Jazakallah, Muti Sahib. Muti Sahib, another one. What about complexion and features? Yes, all this actually has to do with our modern day and society. You've asked a girl today that this proposal has come. She says everything is perfect, but the boy is but dark, you know. That's the problem. Now she looks for a prince charming who's fair in complexion, but he does not read Salat, or his business dealings are all crooked, and whatever else. So Islam would not encourage that. But today's society, parents also sometimes, that because the boy, or the girl for that matter, maybe she's not so fair in complexion, so now that becomes the main issue. Islam says, no. Ya yunnas inna khalaqnaakum min zakarin wa untha, that we have created you from one male and one female, and we have made you into tribes and nations. So it is just for recognition. In another place in Quran, that your different languages, your different complexions, all these are manifestations of the creations of Almighty Allah. So that should not be the criteria, and Islam does not recommend it. Jazakallah Mufti Saf. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. That's all the time we have for today on the discussion compatibility and suitability. And the Arabic term, of course, is kuf. From myself, Muhammad Musa Bera, and Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. It's fi amanillah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.